United States submarine base at Key West, Florida. The dispatch that quoted President Truman's press secretary, Charles Cross, as saying that President Truman has no knowledge of any secret project by this government that would give substance to the existence of such objects. Cross also said that both the Air Force and the Navy deny that such objects... I do want to say... I need everyone to be emotionally prepared for how much of an asshole I'm going to sound like during this entire episode. Yeah, I can't even pronounce the name of it. I can pronounce it, but for every, for some reason, I put like a hoity-toity, like German stereotypical flair. I'm like, when I pronounce it and I can't stop. I don't know how to, I don't know how to stop. That's okay. To me, this looks like Snaefels Jokel. That's basically it. Yeah. Snaefels Jokel. <laughs> you know what I mean? Snaefels Jokel. Oh, Jesus. Fuck. Um, anyway, hey, what's up? My name's Noelle, and I just want to let you guys know. Sorry. I mentioned it briefly in passing, I feel like a few episodes ago. But I am fucking elbows deep in televangelist lore. So much so that what originally started with going after one specific televangelist and his wife has now turned into we have to do a fucking series of like the the heavy hitters of yeah. the televangelist um, because I uh, I didn't realize how fucking strong of a grip they still have, dude. Seriously. On- that's why Middle I like class America and yeah. lower class America. And I firmly believe that evil incarnate comes from televangelists, born again Christians, the whole kit and caboodle. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. And just when you think it can't get worse, oh, baby, do they? I haven't worse? even, yeah, I haven't even started the research on it yet because I didn't know where we were going with it initially. But now that I know, I'm yep. ready to uh, flex. Flex is that a good? I'm ready to just take some, just take some heavy swings at the people who are causing all the bullshit in politics. Um, and we did get a Discord about one of those schools, like reform schools, and I applied to it uh, for research purposes. And they've been sending me stuff, so maybe that can tie into it as well. Of like oh, how current yeah. evangelism is ties itself into institutions so that it's not as obvious with the Christianity, but that's what a lot of these reform schools are now. Oh, well, I mean, they're the couple that we're going to be talking about. They um, got their start by going to, I don't want to say the names because I don't want to give it away, but what essentially is BYU, if it was started by a televangelist and that televangelist was still alive and around to found it, see over it and did all that shit until he died in 2009. Yeah. It's like, cult. Yeah. It's just, it's like MLM cultism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's like in our institutions, yeah. this, this couple that we're going to be covering shortly, um, he was in the, I don't know. Uh, let's just leave it. Away. It's, we're going to get, we're going to get distressed. But he was here. in, he was in a most, the last president, the last president, had a cabinet of religious advisors, and this man was one of them. And this man yeah. is 
the scammiest, scummiest, snake oil, evil incarnate motherfucker in the world. Him and his wife. They can fucking get it. And by get it, I mean my foot straight up their fucking ass. I would wear them both like boots. No patience for televangelism. Uh, No patience for, like, corporate churches that turn over, like, millions in profits. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway. So, fuck um, them. Also, who are you? I'm Chelsea. My asthma's bad today. So that's another thing. Um, yeah, we're fighting for our lives through this episode, yeah, that's for sure. And, oh my god. So I just want to say, I spent half the research for this episode. And I, you know what, at this point, when I started writing this episode, weeks ago. So mm-hmm. it, when I first wrote this, I spent about three hours just learning pronunciations. But now we're into like week three, because we had to take last week off because the water main exploded. And I was depressed. And um, now coming back into it, I realized that part of the depression was um, realizing that public education let me down to where I have to look yeah. up pronunciations of terms. But when yeah. it comes to Icelandic words, they are fucking hard. Um, so this is Snafelsjökull, the Snafelsjökull uh, affair. But so every word in this document is typed out phonetically so that As I can just should. sound. Yeah, just so I can sound it out. But I did look it up. I liter- I googled why are Icelandic words so hard to pronounce, and I got a lot of propaganda saying they're not hard to pronounce. Maybe you're just American, which is fair. That is fair. But then I knew people would say that, and I was like, "How come I can pronounce charcuterie board?" Then, hmm, hmm, also a complicated word. But we're ch- we're ch- charcuterie. <clears throat> charcuterie. I thought it was Am charcuterie. I- is it? Sh- I don't. Uh oh. Oh, did you just fucking get yourself? <laughs> you know what? I can't. Also, can't pronounce Worcestershire sauce. Worcestershire. Worcestershire is how I want to say it. Oh well, that bitch says it all French. She's. Is it charcuterie? No, baby, it charcuterie. It's nope. Well, fucking, are you serious? Listen, go listen to it. Go, go to Google. I don't want to type it in. I don't have my audio shared for my screens because sometimes I look at stuff when we're I don't recording. Repeat it you back guys. to me. Repeat it back to me how Fuck. she says it. Shakutri. <laughs> like that. I fuck her. I'm not saying it like that. Shakutri. Um, she says like that. Yeah. Yeah, but regardless, there's a lot of there's a lot of mouth, mouthfuls of words yeah. that we're going to be saying in this episode, and I'm going to apologize in advance for the weird accent and affectations that I put on them. I don't know any better, mm-hmm. um, but I, I do think that it is good for what's been going on in the world to dive into something a little bit wholesome, and that's Little Green Men and Iceland. And oh, Asia. yeah. So let's just talk about Snafelsjökull because we've probably – I didn't know that I had heard of this before, um, and you probably don't know either, but it's 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 because we're stupid Americans. So. Mm-hmm. Snæfellsjökull is a famous stratovolcano in the Snæfellsnes Peninsula in West Iceland, and stratovolcanoes are the volcanoes we know and love. Those are the cone volcanoes with the lava coming out. Classic. Um, the glacier-capped volcano gained worldwide attention when it was featured in the novel *Journey to the Center of the Earth* by author Jules Verne. So oh. Snæfellsjökull is the entrance to the journey of the center of the earth. Okay. So we all knew about it. Isn't that fun? So, Snæfellsjökull is part of a volcanic range, which is almost a million years old, and has 20 distinct lava flows. And although it hasn't erupted since 50 to 350 AD, it is still Mm. a very active tourist attraction. 
It's a glacier-covered volcano, so really, any way you slice it, it's the best of both worlds. And it's also, unfortunately, on the decline, with scientists giving it only about 30 more years before the volcano and the glacier surrounding it um, deteriorate completely. Yep, you gotta love that good old climate change. You know, I... Oh, it's normal. It's just normal cycles of the earth. Oh, yeah, these normal cycles of irreversible human-caused damage. Yeah, we're losing an entire glacier volcano that's been around since Since 50 AD. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. It's been around since the beginning of human history, and who knows how much longer, because Iceland wasn't always populated by humans. Um, But, you know, I just... uh, I don't want to go on fun so many tangents, but I was watching a little documentary earlier today and it was talking about how the bubonic plague mm-hmm. could have been made worse by Krakatoa exploding. Hear me out. Krakatoa explodes. Big deal. Mm-hmm. The volcanic ash in the air is like very fine. It's like, um, it doesn't come down on its own because there's really no weight to it. So when it gets up in the atmosphere and stuff, it it will stay there for years. And it did. It was like dark in on Earth for like a hundred years after. Also, plague, bubonic plague mm-hmm. by rats. More importantly, mm-hmm. the fleas on the rats. When the fleas ingested the volcanic ash just by fucking existing, everyone was consuming ash at that point. It was fine enough that they could consume it, but not fine enough that they could pass it through their digestive system. So what that caused was the fleas were maniacally feeding because they had a blockage, which is in part what perpetuated the bubonic plague because Mm. they were insatiable. Because normally, like, if, like, a dog gets lice, for example, those lice don't jump to humans because there's no cross-contamination there, right? Or yeah. likewise, like, if you, we humans get lice, our lice aren't going to jump to our dogs. Mm-hmm. And that's because that's just not what they feed on. But in the bubonic plague, because they were fucking ravenous from all this volcanic ash, like, being in their stomachs and making them feel hungry, they desperately jumped to humans. Krakatoa. Wow. Weird, right? And that another thing, the Mongols and, like the, like, the fall of the Roman Empire, they also tied it in. Because when the Turks came down to fight, like, all of the horsemen, like, the Mongol region, mm-hmm. it was because cows, like, so all the ashes in the air, and it made the grass worse. But horses tend to feed more on grass, whereas cows can graze on more diverse things. So what the grass yeah. that the horses were feeding on died, they were essentially starving to death, which made the Mongols lose power, and it caused them to move closer to the Roman Empire. But as they got further out their horses started to be able to consume grasses and get more diverse shit to eat. And then that's how they were able to help overthrow the Romans. Isn't it crazy? It how blew my hi- history is braided in with things Dude, out of our control. It blew my fucking mind. And part of how the plague was able to spread from like Africa up into the Roman empire was because they were importing um, ivory in Mm-hmm. And that's how it got in the trade routes and everything. So it's like yeah. awesome. Love to see it. That's what you get for killing elephants for their ivory. Yeah. But that's what we get for existing, the bubonic yes. plague. Honestly, so, run it back. Yeah. We we kind of are in it. But anyway, it was really interesting. So thank you for bearing with me on that tangent. Oh, I loved it. Volcanic ash. I loved it. So but now we're not gonna have that anymore because we're getting rid of snaffle seal coal. So 
we would be remiss to dive into the cryptid history of Iceland without... <laughs> Look at that word. This is uh, tough. Without mentioning the Lagar Floats Orm Orin. Lagar Floats Orim. That, you know, it's like... Lagar Floats Orm Orin. Lagar Floats Orm Orin. Or the Lagar Float Monster, which is what we're calling it. There we go. The Float Monster, yeah. So the Float Monster is named for the lake it is said to inhabit, which is the Lagar Float. And the first notable mention of the Float Monster came in 1345 from an Icelandic record of noteworthy events. And this record quotes the monster as, There appeared a wonderful thing on the Lagar Float, which is believed to have been a living animal. At some times it seemed like a great island, and at others, there appeared humps several hundred fathoms apart with water between them. Several hundred fathoms? Yeah, fathoms a unit of aquatic measurement. Maisler. Fathoms? How big, yeah, is a fathom? I have never in my life. <laughs> I, have, I just thought that was weird fucking old-timey talk. Like. No, one fathom equals two yards. And I'm going to tell you, the only reason I know this... It's sick or, or six feet. Well, the only reason I know, I didn't know that one fathom equals two yards, but the only reason that I know a fathom is a unit of measurement is because Michael Turner is one of my favorite artists in all of comic book history. And he had a comic book called Fathom. Wow. So I knew that. Thank I'm you, more Michael thinking Turner. of it as like, <laughs> yeah, I couldn't fathom why there was a giant yeah. fucking lake monster. You know I what think, I mean? I think that's how it's more used now is just like a, unit of comprehension yeah i'm also not a water man so or sea man <laughs> so i, I get it i get <laughs> I it i wish it's i not, was it's not um, my vernacular i'm just so. gonna answer this here if you were a seaman your partner wouldn't know that he would need to be protected from you and neither would mine because they don't understand oh um, that is a patreon deep, deep cut, cut. patreon deep cut if you want to learn more about jizz <laughs> check oh, that out um no one knows the dimensions of the creature, for none saw its head or tail. Consequently, there is no certainty as to what it was. Now, there are sightings of the Lagar float monster that have been occurring ever since. And in 2012, I had no idea this is what it was, by the way, because I saw this when it first come out, came out. But in 2012, there was a video making the rounds on the internet wherein an Icelandic local caught what appeared to be something moving through the ice in the way you would expect a sea snake would. And, of course, there were people who spoke out against the video, and they thought that all you were seeing was a clump of ice that was being pulled through the water. Now, I put a screen grab mm-hmm. of this moving through, and granted, it didn't grab as fluidly as what it was moving, but I think you and I can both agree that this doesn't look – it looks more like a snake than it does by be- something being dragged through the water. You know what it looks like to me? It looks like when uh, you're looking at bacteria under a microscope. Are those floaters that you get in your eyeballs sometimes? Mm-hmm. It does yeah. look like a f- eye floater. Yeah. yeah. That's like literally what it looks like. But if someone tried to tell me that an eye floater was a piece of ice, I'd tell them to piss off because that's clearly not what it was. Yeah. Not to mention it was huge. Um, so, and while our goal of this episode isn't necessarily to convince you of the validity of the 2012 sighting or look into the evidence surrounding the Lager float monster at this time, We do want to highlight the importance of folklore in Iceland before moving on to our main story. So Iceland was first colonized by Nordic tribes between 874 and 930 AD. 
it, where farmers were in search of prosperous or prosperous land. So the Vikings brought with them a pantheon of gods, which have stayed ingrained in their culture to this day. And I do want to make an important distinction. Iceland is not particularly religious, but they are very traditional culturally. Oh, I wish that was our case. Yeah. Oh boy, do I wish. What that means is that to this day, the vast majority of Icelanders believe, or important distinction, refuse to deny the existence of trolls, elves, and other strange beings who inhabit the land. God, why couldn't that be us? Why couldn't instead we have to like fucking light off fireworks and scare dogs and veterans and shit? Yeah. And the only way I could really compare this is with like American culture, like specifically if we put that in a microcosm, is how we believe in aliens. We may not know the specifics, but we're not saying otherwise. And that's essentially how it is in Iceland. Because you talk to anyone about aliens, it's not a religious thing. It's just like, they gotta be there. Because I have, there's too much evidence. And that's essentially how Iceland thinks of elves, trolls, things like that. Speaking of fucking aliens. Oh, the disclosure. Yeah, the disclosure. Yeah. The disclosure is finally saying like, on uh, the 17th of this month, May 17th, Pentagon officials testified at the first public UFO hearing in more than 50 years um, that they are a potential national security threat. I wish that they would come out and say aliens from another planet and not just unidentified flying objects, though. I know. They said, um, what was it? Democratic Rep. Andre Carson of Indiana, the chairman of the hearing, said, quote, for too long, the stigma associated with UAPs has gotten in the way of good intelligence analy- analy- analysis oh. analysis pilots avoided reporting or were laughing or were laughed at when they did um so anyway it's finally fucking happening but isn't that just it shows the state of the world like the original documents came out in the middle of covid saying like no we do have ufos yeah. yes and and everyone was like, that's crazy, cool, whatever. We're dying. Yeah. And now we've got like a regression of a hundred years in our political climate. And so they're like, by the way, not only do UFOs exist, but they're for sure a security threat to us. And we're just like, that's crazy. We're dying. You know yeah. what I mean? We're like, like <laughs> <laughs> we lost our abortion rights. Yeah, we're so, like, I yeah. fucking wish they would, dude. They- I wish they would come. Dude, they, they picked the perfect time to release that, too, because I would have thought, purpose. yeah, I would have thought this would have been revolutionary to my life. Mm-hmm. And now I'm just like, does my boyfriend need to get a vasectomy? Because yeah. what happens if yeah. I have an entopic pregnancy? I cannot terminate it. Yeah. Also, another sidebar. I saw this girl's TikTok. If you know her, shout her out here. I don't remember the name, but she was like, they want to make terminating pregnancies a felony, whether it's an eptopic pregnancy, whether you are taking emergency mm-hmm. contraceptive, they want to make it a felony. Um, what can't felons do? Vote. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Dude, that's a real rabbit hole. Whenever people are like, what's a conspiracy you believe in? I'd be like, oh, this. Because yep. it's going to happen. Yep. Like, the, and it's not just, here's the important distinction here. Um, affluent women are still going to be able to get abortions. They always non, have and they always yeah, will. Non-affluent women dare I say the marginalized are not going to have access to this and the marginalized 
tend to vote more liberal. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, yep. So history is doomed to repeat itself when no one pays attention. Yeah, it's the CIA, like, sterilizing people all over again, which is not a conspiracy. They actually did that. Um, yeah, there's, um, you think that they tested birth control on middle class, upper class white women in suburbia? No, the fuck they did not. No. No, the fuck they did not. A lot of women in those communities were told that they were receiving free medical care for things like just menstrual cramps and to um, like help with heavy flows. And what they were actually getting was forced sterilization. Here's another one, not a conspiracy. Um, all of the corpses, like medically donated corpses that science uses to establish medical procedure and stuff, were always male. So women... They don't study the, like, impacts that certain things have on us. So if I was like, Noel, what would happen if you had a stroke or, like, a heart attack? You would describe symptoms to me. Those would be the male symptoms because female symptoms of a heart attack are very different. Female symptoms of a stroke are very different. But that's not ingrained into our heads. We are only brought up to recognize when it happens to a man. So anyway, burn it all the fuck down. Yeah. I'm so – there's no voting anymore. That's the thing. They could take away my – like – the, it doesn't matter. It's a, We're past the point of voting. It's burn it down territory. Yeah, I agree. Um, my precious father came by today to drop off my mail and then just like yelled at me about politics. And the whole time I'm just like, I agree. I hate everything. Mm-hmm. But it's like we're hating the machine, but we're focusing on the wheels, man. I know. I know. I um, know. Oh, I know. Anyway. <sighs> I like how at the beginning this. of this we're like – yeah, let's just bang this one out, and now we're on tangents. And I know. Okay, anyway. get back to the worm. I'm specifically not calling it that, so please fucking stop. It's a worm. Here it's the Icelandic it's worm. It's not. Spoiler it's alert. If you lot, it's it a logger monster. Look up the Icelandic worm. No, don't. So speaking of aliens, there's a bit of the United States tied into Iceland's strange history of encounters, specifically since we would hang out there during the Cold War. And, not a conspiracy, there are official government reports about these sightings, especially since the Americans would go scrambling their fighter jets every time they believed the Russians were invading their space. This is from the nationalarchives.gov.uk, quote, Another sighting in 1997 was a reported black triangle, smaller than an airliner, but faster, thought to be around 40,000 feet. There were quite a few reports of the V or diamond or delta-shaped object in 1997, and the majority of the V shapes were seen from Norfolk to Scotland. Possibly this is the flight path from Lake and Heath back to America via the American air bases in Iceland. These were silent, dark, although some had a beam or headlight and two flashing lights. I tried to participate in that, and then I had a coughing fit, so I had to go to meet Oh, well, it was just me. Yep. During the Twilight Zone. In fact, Iceland has been attracting alien craft for years, and it's almost clockwork on when they're going to show up, specifically when it comes to volcanic eruptions. And as one of the active regions on Earth, or most active regions on Earth in terms of volcanoes, Iceland boasts a new eruption every four years or so. And with each eruption comes the alien craft leading some experts to believe that subaquatic aliens inhabit areas in the Arctic, and with each disturbance, they come out to monitor it. God, the subaquatic aliens is, like, 
one of the scariest theories to me because of that Navy footage that came out of that UFO plunging into the fucking ocean. And then the fact that we have no idea what really is at the bottom of our oceans because we we know more about space yeah. than about our oceans. I want to say that the concept of space aliens terrifies me, but water aliens does not. And it's because of my parents. So shout out to my mother and my father forcing me to watch The Abyss a thousand times because they only ever bought one VHS a year. Sure. In The Abyss, it's subaquatic aliens and they look like beautiful fluorescent butterflies and they form little water puppets and it's adorable. And I recommend well, everyone watch it. I mean, the other thing is like, if, if subaquatic aliens have been here the whole time, then we've all just been like vibing coexisting. You know what I mean? And we just see them every now and then they're not like a threat or anything. Yeah. Like they Whereas, no like, in us. Yeah. They just don't care. Whereas like the ones above us that come in, those yeah. are a threat. But that should make you feel a little bit more secure because if we are uh, invaded from space, then if we have a, you think they they're going to Godzilla? You think they're going to God fucking They have Godzilla a vested interest, man. No, the fuck they don't. They'll be like, you know what? Thanks for the time. Bye. Maybe. I have a very strong feeling they might have a vested interest, or that's just the easiest place to hide on Earth. You know? Yeah, they're just going to wait it out. Who's to say and- they haven't been here the whole time? Going back to the journey to the center of the Earth thing, that's tied into like the whole Nordic aliens, and I know Nordics are South Pole, mm-hmm. um, more specifically. And racist? No, the the they're not racist. The Nazis were racist, but the Nazis are very tied into Nordic lore. I think that the Nazis <laughs> made the Nordics a little racist for their own, yeah, like king. But, but you know, the Nordics. The lore specifically regarding the Nordics is that they have access to the center of the Earth. Now, mm-hmm. if you follow the Antarctic theory, that's where the center of the Earth is. But if you go with, like, the Jules Verne thing, and it's not just Jules Verne, but, like, other theories that um, Snaefelsjökull is the center of the Earth, that would also be tied into aliens. Because every time you talk about going into the center of the Earth or subterranean aliens, and in other regards, reptilians. So Yeah, or mole people. Just pick your poison. Yeah. Um, personally, I'd rather have Nordics than reptilians. I find reptilians a little bit more sinister. Um, you're like crushing on Valiant Thor is really showing right now because as far as I'm concerned, the Nordics are the reason why we had the Holocaust. So maybe no. you should like get your fucking shit together. Yes. You are misinformed, yes. ma'am. It was Hitler's obsession with Nordic purity that led him to try to obtain it through racist means. Yeah, and then he was also trying to tap into Nordic powers and abilities. Don't forget that fucking ray he tried into the goddamn sky. Were they playing ball? No fucking ma'am. Who was Valiant Thor with? He was with the fucking Americans the whole time. And so were the goddamn Nazis after the fucking war. Who built the bombs that we... Draw Only the paper on clips. Hiroshima. Yeah, that's yeah. It and does Nagasaki. get skewed and fucked up. Um, you, we live long enough to see ourselves become the villains in most points. Um, I just don't want to miss a line. The Nordics are tied in with Nazi theory because I think Nazis wanted to obtain what the Nordics were, but I don't think the Nordics themselves. Aryan comes from Nordics. Yes, but that's Aryan is the bastardization of just what these aliens happen to look like. All I'm saying is, and you might not like it, if we didn't have Nordic aliens, we wouldn't have a Holocaust. 
No, if Hitler would have gotten into art school, we wouldn't have had a Holocaust. That's also true. So if both of those things were true, if yeah. Nordics, if he didn't find an obsession with Nordic aliens and he also got into art school. No, Holocaust. I just want to say that, like, we shouldn't misalign the Nordics because they might Godzilla for us in the. I don't think they're doing the anything. Holocaust. Well, it's not the greys aren't on our side. We got to fucking. I'm sure Nordics are enemies of the Greys, so the enemy of the enemy is my friend. Valiant Thor. And I also don't know. I think Valiant Thor was technically a Venusian. Isn't that what Oh, yeah, he was. He was a Venusian. I can't remember the stance we took on him. It was tough. I. <laughs> I've been I've been up every night since. I, I can't <laughs> you know, the jury's still out, but either way. I he did, if he matched yeah. the criteria of a Nordic, but I, yeah. the Venusian aspect would play more into why he was working with the CIA. Yeah. It's hard to keep this straight. No wonder I got confused when I was talking to the police. Which it's is hard to keep Patreon anything piece. straight when uh, <laughs> your we brain is gay sometimes. Mush. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. We do uh, listen to the cop call on Patreon. Anyway. Yeah. Um, subaquatic aliens. That's yep. right. Jesus. So, this isn't a recent development either, considering that there are many aspects of Icelandic lore where fishermen describe illuminated objects beneath the ocean surface. And some theorists want to go so far as drawing a line from aliens directly to Iceland's many creatures of folklore. So, for example, the hudlfolk, or hidden people of Iceland, are wrapped up in such theories. So, while some may call these hidden people elves or trolls, others would simply call them little Chelsea Bloomfield. Yeah. (laughs) Um, The pallid nature of my skin tone is due to the fact that I don't go outside. So white that she's green. Did you notice during the company meeting today that like my Zoom background took over my skin because it's not <laughs> yeah, my skin your was green the background, <laughs> your green screen was all fucked up. I was gonna text you about it and be <laughs> yeah. like, "Bro, what the fuck's up with no, your shit?" Andrew messaged me and he was like, "Hey, your green screen's fucked up." And I said, "I don't even care anymore, man. It's my beautiful <laughs> alabaster skin." It's um, true. It was registering her white skin as green, and so she was the fucking background. <laughs> yeah, and let's. Yep. Um, But anyway, so little green men, not to be confused with greys, were perhaps the most popular portrayals of aliens in pop culture. And next we're coming to the bulk of our research, which was consolidated by UFOinsight.com, and I will be relying on their article heavily for the rest of the episode until I mention another source. So, one UFO researcher named Tony Dodd took specific interest in the sightings from fishermen specifically. And Dodd was able to document some of these incidents and has been summarized as saying, quote, reports would arrive from these fishermen of exclusion zones put into place miles wide by the U.S. Navy. They would also make regular reports of underground vehicles that were definitely not submarines, as official papers would suggest. On several occasions, they would even tell of gigantic crafts entering the waters off the coast of Iceland, moving at an alarming rate. What I love about this is that they were like, reports of quote underground vehicles and then they said they were quote definitely not submarines so underground vehicles i just think of like a fucking hummer a hummer <laughs> cruising on the bottom of the fucking ocean and yeah. some fisherman's like that's definitely not a fucking submarine I th- and then I- that's this report yeah i think of like the beatles yellow submarine like a bus car yeah, yeah. There's just a VW bus going yeah. fucking 85 <laughs> yeah, on the that. bottom of the ocean and some fisherman with two teeth is like 
That's no submarine. Yeah, like, I'm saying a sub. For some reason, Icelandic fishermen also sound like rednecks. But like, that ain't no submarine. That ain't no submarine. <laughs> I don't even know what their accent sound like. I don't that tastes no submarine. What? I need to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> Moving don't on. Leave it. They would also <laughs> report about electrical equipment on the ship would malfunction in the object's presence. So, one such occasion that sparked military interest took place at the end of 1992 in the North Atlantic. On December 20th, a UFO appeared between Iceland and Scotland's Orkney Islands. A fighter jet was dispatched from Scotland to intercept it, and while ground control watched their radar, they witnessed the jet approach the UFO, merge with it into one object, and then disappear right away. Damn. The National Icelandic Coast Guard, along with search and rescue from Scotland, immediately went to the radar area to find the downed pilot, but to this day have found neither pilot nor explanation of what could have happened on that cold winter day. Yeah, no shit, motherfucker. He wasn't downed. He was fucking time-traveled. He warp-speeded. He's in a different fucking dimension. That's, I'm going to call it, that's an abduction. Yeah. Straight up taken. He's going to blip back out in like 3032. I hope he does. It'll be a sh- it'll be a dust land here. Yeah, It'll be a or he, toxic waste. Yeah, or he blipped in and to Amelia Earhart's plane and freaked her the fuck out, and then she got blipped out too. Res- I thought that they found they figured it out with her. I've heard that, but I don't. That's like it. Like believe. some fucking birds ate her or something. No, I thought you know? they saw. But then there's also okay. So I've heard that they found like remains on an island that could be her, but I also have heard that there fo- there's photographic evidence on a remote island. That was inhabited. That could also be her because it was a white woman. Brother, March seventh, twenty eighteen, from WashingtonPost.com. Bones discovered on a Pacific island belong to Amelia Earhart. A new forensic analysis claims. Why didn't we? Why wasn't this? This? Why haven't we caught up to? The, why wasn't this news? What was going on? In 2018, that we, like, it didn't make national news that they found bones on a Pacific island and forensic analysis says that it was Amelia Earhart. I heard that, but there's also the sightings of the woman, the white woman has sent it to you, but there's also sightings of, like, a fucking white woman suggesting that she survived the plane crash. Because look at this. The picture shows you're giving me very much jfk jr survived energy right no, now no no this. no the picture is are you fucking kidding me the a picture, white woman the yeah, picture she fucking is went down in the 30s man what are you expecting it like, is as clear as closing your eyes and it's the back of her fucking head it's, it's the, the back profile of, of her head and she has the same haircut and she's clearly white Unbelievable. Uh, there is clearly a white woman there. You're being a fucking hater, man. And look You're at this. There's a denier. No, there's also a picture of a plane being dragged behind uh, like a big ass ship that looks like Amelia Earhart's plane. So like she was in inter- she went down and was intercepted and then they didn't want the U.S. or the U.S. government decided to bury it. because They're like, yeah, fuck her. She's a woman. Like, we don't care what you do with her. And then she was taken as a prisoner unbelievable no fuck you noel because here's why that we have gone off so much less and you're gonna look me 
in the eye mm-hmm. and tell me that that isn't sus AF? Because I believe science. Dude, it, I'm not saying the bones aren't hers. I'm just saying I don't think her plane crashed and that she went down. You're going to look at me and you're going to tell me that you believe that we didn't go to the moon and Stanley Kubrick hid evidence of it, but you're not going to tell me that Amelia don't Earhart's bones weren't fucking planted? I'm going dare. there. No, you started you it dare. because you're looking at photographic evidence that suggests that she survived the crash landing and you're just going to immediately dismiss it, but you'll swallow the Kubrick moon landing. You, just you don't have to swallow it. It goes down smooth. Yeah, it and goes you know down what? fucking smooth. This goes down like a fucking cognac, baby. No, this goes down. Hurt. This I'm goes down like a fucking suppository. <laughs> well, I'm gonna do. You know what? We got to do an Amelia Earhart episode now because I feel like you're being facetious and I feel like you're being uncaring and to my passion <laughs> about her. Not her. I'm not saying she didn't die, and I'm not saying they didn't find the bone. I know what you're Thanking. saying. I know what you're saying. I'm saying. I know what you're saying. That she was likely intercepted prior to her death, and we don't know the full story. It's like the Lindbergh baby all over again. You can't just, there, something happened in the middle. Sure. She died. That's what it was. I know. Well, you're, I'm going to say this, but you're being kind of a biatch about it. So, but, yeah. It, I can't we'll believe see. you're looking at these pictures and it's these you're pictures like, they're blurry. I have seen better pictures. You know what? You know what is a more profound and prolific image of evidence is the fucking like Crenshaw leprechaun. That <laughs> picture is more <laughs> believable to me than any of this <laughs> fucking How dare you? You're, How being, dare you're you? being such a cow about this. <laughs> How no, how dare you? I'm about to you? Uber my ass to your house just so I can tell your neighbor that you watched him fucking he just knows. so he can like <laughs> just so he could like Oh, I'll follow up door. to that. Follow up to that. That's a Patreon story for more details. Yeah, he more hasn't details. he hasn't parked in his spot in the parking lot since. He parks in the on the street now and he but but I don't think he realizes I have a camera, so I still see you. Honestly, I see you more now because every time you walk your happy fucking face fucking ass up and down those stairs, baby, I get pinged. Oh, so you'll trust that photographic evidence. Have you seen my camera? Yes, I have actually. <laughs> Shit's in 4K. And it's pretty high tech. I like when you yell at people while we're out like paddle boarding. Yeah. You have that power now. Anyway. I know how it is. Anyway, let's get through this. I don't know if I can get over the whole Amelia Earhart thing. Well, you're going to have to because it's reality. I need to find where we are. Oh, so the pilot went down <laughs> and I never found it. So here's where we really get into the meat of the episode. The Snapefuls Yokel affair. So this pilot kicked off the whole thing. So interestingly enough... NATO declared the area would be shut down completely for a quote-unquote naval exercise only three days later. NATO doesn't do shit. Well, they did this time. Um, And the press went nuts, wondering why, just before Christmas, this area of the ocean would be completely off-limits. Some reports... Pool party! Yeah, no. NATO pool party! Fucking Icelandic Arctic waters, yeah. Um, In Christmas time. So, some reports even came out where leave that had been previously granted for military personnel was canceled in bulk by the hundreds. So if they had something scheduled, they wouldn't have let all those people go on leave. Am I right? Yeah. 
So there was a complete blackout about these exercises, and the only real reports came from local radio stations who mentioned the uptick of UFO sightings in the area. Even more interesting, locals had begun to report sightings of small people bit-bopping around on the ice. People who are interpreted as little green men, Mm. elves, Mm. things of that nature. And there was some speculation that Western powers were trying to put pressure on Russian submarines. Now remember, the Cold War had only been over for about a year at this point. So it would make sense if Britain and the United States wanted to keep an eye on them. And generally, I would agree. We always need to be fucking watching Russia. Yeah, clearly we haven't watched them close enough. Yeah, seriously. Uh, we've just been a little too nice lately. I Honestly, think. hanging out too much. Yeah. A little too cozy, cozy. So, and an emotional affair is just as damaging as a physical one. Always is, baby. We've been saying it. Mm-hmm. Here to here. Consistently and first. Mm-hmm. So, some British newspapers came out in the early hours of this military exercise, stating that their good old boys were putting pressure on Russian super subs. Except... Russia was also in on the search, too, and were even assisting NATO in the area. And we know this because there are intercepted messages from Russia to NATO, and some of them are even saying, quote, we are engaging in an unknown underwater craft, and then nothing. They, so they were collaborative, and they were working together mm-hmm. the entire time. One whistleblower even came out stating that in addition to the Scottish pilot, an American ship in the area also vanished completely, and this was swept under the rug by military personnel. Typical. And, uh, yeah, I'm not, this is not, I have no evidence of this, but I can say with my whole chest that this is not a conspiracy. This yeah, this, yeah, I have no credible sources, but if yeah. I know how the military likes to report deaths overseas um, when yeah. it's actually friendly fire, I'm telling you yeah. that bitch disappeared and no one said a fucking word. Dare I say they find it convenient. They're mm-hmm. like, ah, oh, sick. Those people never existed. Um, and even though uh, milita- the initial military presence died down in that area, Russian and NATO ships and other submarines continued to monitor the area for years. And sightings of the little men on the ice and UFOs continued to be reported in the area. Some Icelandic fishermen even noted that after one UFO sighting, a military ship quickly appeared and forced them to leave the area. What is perhaps most interesting with the Snaefels Yokel event is the consolidation between science fiction and UFOs with the folklore of elves and fairies. So Paul Dale Roberts, a paranormal investigator, succinctly commented on this mixture in the Sacramento Sacramento wow. baby. Sacramento. Yeah, I tried. I went at it with an Icelandic twang. Sacramentopress.com saying, "Quote: What I believe is that there is a UFO base near and around the lands, the landscape of Iceland, and it has probably been there since the beginning of time. This is why there are so many stories about little people inhabiting this island." Iceland is a hotbed of UFO activity, and little people are actually aliens that the Icelanders are seeing. When people see fairy circles, are they actually UFO landing spots? When people say that they encounter a fairy, sometimes the fairy will point a wand and they will be temporarily paralyzed. Would this actually be an immobilizing weapon used by the greys? There are too many similarities between greys and the little people of Iceland. I believe that the greys and the little people of Iceland are one and the same. But... That's my 
opinion! That's my opinion! Um, here's the thing about that. I love this because isn't it just so telling of the differences in culture between mm-hmm. Iceland and the United States? Whereas, like, we run into an alien and we're like, they probed my asshole and they fucking took my wife and impregnated her. Yeah. And now I'm being gang stalked and they're sucking my brain. And then in Iceland, they're like, a pretty little fairy puts a pixie dust on my head and we floated around with a flute. Dude, and it's not even like, it goes so much further than that too. Like the respect that they have for him. Like they won't build in some areas where there's been sightings because they're like, well, what we want. Like we can't build here because this is where they live. And that's just disrespectful. And the same thing just happened in New Zealand where they literally like stopped building because people are like, no, 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 no. We're not the only ones who live in this area. So you got to move it somewhere else. And I wish that we had more reverence for. We don't even have that same like reverence that. for people, let alone. We don't. Fucking aliens and fairies. Yeah, we 100% don't. Um, and I wish that we did because I feel like this type of culture where folklore can be like immersed into our day-to-day life just makes for a so much more magical experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, th- I would love to go to Iceland, the land of my people. Um, yeah, the whites. The whites, yeah. I don't know if I ever will because I feel like that is a plane ride that's just too out of my reach. Maybe I can do like a hot air balloon ride the whole way there. That's not how that fucking works. That it could, yeah, no, because you could. It takes eighty days to go all the way around the world once. If you're afraid of getting taken down in a fucking plane, a hot air balloon will go down with a fucking fart. Not if you don't fart that bad. Oh my god. I actually saw some pretty horrific footage of a hot air balloon crashing into Dude, some power lines. Did same, you see where that they're one? screaming, help us. Yep. They're like then, fully aware they're going to die. Yep. Yep. And then um, I saw the continued footage of the first people who jumped out of the car to go to the basket and try to help people. Um, similarly, I'm supposed to go to Bozeman um, in a few weeks, and I some people mentioned flying into Bozeman recently and they said that the air is turbulent there. So now I'm just going to drive 10 hours. Jesus. Yeah. I'm dude. I can't do it. Like. Yeah, I get it. Turbulence is a motherfucker, but I also don't fear death. So I welcome it. It's not the death. It's the lack of escape. That is so much scarier to me. I looked it up and it's like, people are like, oh, are you claustrophobic? And I'm like, that's got to be it. It's not the claustrophobia. You can put me in a tight little space all day. If I but get you just got to bust fine. that window out and then free fall to your death. Maybe there was actually, I just read a thing of a girl who crashed in Brazil in like the seventies. She was a lone survivor. She fell in her airplane seat and she like put mud and shit in her wounds from the burns and she had like maggots and stuff like infested in her wounds and she found gasoline and she just poured gasoline on it she's like this will kill a maggot she survived wow and she thrived the picture of her being rescued she looks like a freaking victoria's secret model beautiful wow usually when i see it read about plane crashes it's like throwing a watermelon off of the empire state building yeah no she doesn't even look she's standing in water I think her name is like Julie, Julie Cope. Yeah, dude. Does this, I'll send it to you. Does this look like the face of a girl who's been in like 
Brazil for 18 days with like maggots infested and open wounds. Hold on, it's coming. Well, sometimes they say that keeping magnet magnets, keeping yeah. maggots inside of a um, wound helps because they're eating the infection. Yeah. So you won't die from the infection. So keeping them there for a second so they eat off the infection and then cleaning it up is kind of helpful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She looks great. Dude, she looks better than me on a good yeah. day. She looks yeah. better than me after a day of me trying. That's incredible. Her, like, bangs are falling perfectly. Yeah, she has some beautiful curtain bangs. That's my goal every time I ask for bangs. And then uh, this is not my hairstylist is a gift from God herself. Mm-hmm. But I. You got to fall out of a, a plane. Yeah, I'm a plague from the Mariana Trench. And I will never be able to successfully pull off any hairstyle ever. Yeah, that's. I think your hair looks good. But um, anyway. You have to say that. No, I You have to say that. that because you know that my emotional well-being rides on what you say from day to day. No, I think it looks good. I, I like the length that it's at now. Thanks. You um, too, actually. Your hair looks like was falling like very nicely, and I thought your bangs looked very shiny and fluffy. Because yeah, I just washed my hair. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, enough about this. Let's talk more about cooler things. You heard us mention it a few times on this episode. Make sure you subscribe to our Patreon. A dollar gets you in. And you can find a link to that Patreon in any of our bios. Ours personally, I'm at Noelle Fane. That's at Sithlard or at Go to Hell Podcast on all the socials. If you click that link tree link in our bio, it'll get you to our Patreon page, our merch site where we still have the support trans kids shirt where 100% of proceeds are being donated. Check that out for Pride Month um, and our other cool merch. You can get a link to Kelly Holloran or at Wild Wood Owl on Etsy. Her stickers that she's made for us. Super cool stuff. Our Discord high server. High quality also, I will yes, say. Super high quality. Our Discord server, our private Facebook group. And we also have at the top of the page, um, pro-choice resources. So if you click into that, it is supportabortion.net. And it's ways to help um, both free virtual and paid ways to help even just things like attending a protest near you donating to abortion funds signing petitions um writing to your um local representatives recording your story educating yourself and learning about representatives and candidates who um support pro-choice so definitely go check that out as well and um now more than ever hail satan uh, hail reproductive rights. Hail reproductive rights for sure. All right, bye. Bye.